0: I think roller derby is a hopeful thing. He earned enough money from selling plants that he paid off the mortgage on his house. People always want to know, uh, you know, is that a lie or is that the truth? I completely disassembled this Triumph TR6. I wish I could have been a professional woman soccer player. I'm Martha Woodruff, and this is The Spark, an exploration of interesting people doing interesting things. Next Tuesday, one week before the election, WMRA's Books and Brews hosts Washington political journalist Chuck McCutcheon. McCutcheon's been involved in books on nuclear waste, climate change, Congress, and politics. He co-authored two editions of the Almanac of American Politics. So I asked him over the phone, how did a kid from New Jersey end up so enmeshed in Washington politics?
1: I just always like to write and uh, I was really into sports as a kid. And I uh, discovered that while I wasn't a very good athlete, I could at least write about my friends on the high school sports team's exploits. I got a column for a newspaper and uh, then in college I discovered covering news and got really uh, fascinated into that. I've been in Washington now since 1995. Uh-huh. and. I came out here as a Washington correspondent for a newspaper and then started covering Congress for a newsletter and and magazine here. And uh, I just got interested in language.
0: Chuck McCutcheon is the co-author of two recently published political dictionaries. The first one's called Dog Whistles, Walkbacks, and Washington Handshakes, Decoding the Jargon, Slang, and Bluster of American Political Speech. Try saying that title without taking a breath and its ebook only follow-up called simply Double Talk. I
1: often say that my books on language started with a word. Politicians, until recently, didn't like to use the word liar, so they would come up with all kinds of other words for liar. And hearing those synonyms and the euphemisms was what got me started down this path. You know, disingenuous was always like the polite way to say Someone's not only lying, but they're just totally clueless and out of touch. Yeah, people often say, well, Trump doesn't talk like a conventional politician, but he does use jargon to some extent. The example I often use is he uses the word evolved to describe his views on abortion. And he always says, you know who else evolved? Ronald Reagan evolved. And evolved is kind of a standard political code word for I've changed my mind. And, and a lot of politicians have used it over the years. It's a um, kinder, gentler flip-flop? Yeah, it's politicians don't want to be accused of flip-flopping. And so they say evolved in, implies this kind of high-minded, you know, deliberative thinking process.
0: guy and a reporter. You've been doing it for a long time. How would you describe the political landscape in Washington now? Well, it's pretty fractious.
1: I think both parties are trying to come to grips with this phenomenon of populism. Populism is this idea that there is this establishment of elite who are controlling things to the detriment of the public at large. It often happens during periods in which we have a high concentration of wealth at the top of society. And I think we're sort of seeing that again. And this idea that there are are these elites, quote-unquote, out there in the establishment, quote-unquote, controlling things is not new. But I think what has happened now is that social media has become so dominant and media has just become... Just a giant portion of people's lives. I mean, millennials are, are living on their on their smartphones. That these features of populism, um, mainly the anger at the establishment, have just been given this huge megaphone and amplified considerably. I think it's here to stay. I think that politicians. We we may not see the volatility that we're seeing right now. But I think we're going to see even so-called quote-unquote establishment politicians recognize the power that this mediatization of the political landscape with populism has and and, and try to incorporate it to some extent. You know, you, you have already seen Hillary Clinton, who's a very establishment politician, say more than once that the system is rigged on Wall Street for those at the very top. And that's using language and using this populist sentiment in ways to convey a political style, even though she herself is not a genuine populist at all.
0: Your books, Dog Whistles and then Double Talk, they made me laugh, but I thought you never tipped over into snarkiness. Right. Can you talk a little bit about the tone you were trying to maintain in these books?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for picking up on that. That is the thing that I am proudest of. My co-author, Dave Mark, and I wanted to strike a tone which kind of amused people, but kind of informed them at the same time, yeah. and didn't descend into cheap cynicism and just easy name-calling. For better or worse, you know, we really wanted to write a book that hopefully tried to shed some light on why politicians say the things they say, But, you know, we didn't really want it to be a dry textbook. I mean, you don't see in our books, you know, the parliamentary language. And we we really tried to use a lot of examples and a lot of anecdotes and illustrations of people using this language. And we wanted to emphasize that all politicians use this kind of language. It's, it's, It's
0: bipartisan. I wanted to ask you about the title of the first one of these two books, Dog Whistles, Walkbacks, and Washington Handshakes, Right. Decoding the Jargon, <laughs> Slang, and Bluster of American Political Speech.
1: I know, I know it's a mouthful.
0: Oh, but I love a good <laughs> subtitle. you got all these words in your book. What made you select Dog Whistles, Walkbacks, and Washington Handshakes?
1: Truly we were just kind of trying to convey the range of uh, different political phrases. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a dog whistle, people are pretty familiar with, you know, that's kind of coded language that's intended to appeal to a select audience. For example, people say that the word resources, as in we need more resources, is a dog whistle to some people for, I want to spend more money walk back is an expression you hear all the time here that we thought was kind of amusing basically a walk back is an apology uh, or an attempt to try to come to terms with something controversial that somebody has said and then the washington handshake is something that all of us in dc have experienced from time to time and that's when you're greeted by someone and they immediately look over your shoulder to see if there's anyone more important in the room
0: she said you're not just giving the definition But you've got all these wonderful anecdotes. (laughs) And were you there? Were you just taking notes for the last, you know? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that's what what we do as reporters. We kind of hear these stories, and then we sit around and tell them to our friends. I have covered Joe Biden since I first got to Washington 21 years ago and got to know him really well. One of our expressions is stand-up guy. And I personally was there in a hallway for an hour one day when Joe Biden ran through all 100 people uh, in the Senate, whether they were stand-up guys or not stand-up guys, women included. And I just remember thinking, that has to be in a book someday.
0: (laughs) You'll find more information about those books author Chuck McCutcheon, and his upcoming appearance at WMRA's Books and Brews on the Spark page at WMRA.org.